Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Emergency Docs. I'm Dr. R. Please keep in mind that the content of this episode does not constitute medical advice, but is purely for the purposes of education. Today, we're talking about pregnancy and COVID. I know a few colleagues and women who are pregnant during COVID, Dr. R among them, so we wanted to discuss what is known about pregnancy and COVID infections. I've actually seen a few pregnant women who were infected with COVID in the emergency department, and fortunately, at the time I saw them, they were doing pretty well. I remember seeing one woman who was about 37 weeks pregnant and just diagnosed with COVID-19. Being that late in her pregnancy, I was really concerned about what her delivery experience might be like, given I've read all sorts of popular news articles about women with COVID delivering their babies completely alone with no family or support person, limited contact with nurses and doctors, and even limited to no contact with their baby after delivery. As a pregnant woman who is also an ER doctor and at relatively high risk to get infected with COVID, reading these stories is pretty scary. One of my biggest fears in this whole process is having to deliver my baby without any support and in a completely isolated environment. Yeah, I mean, and, and on the other side of it, too, you know, like my sister, she's um, 35. She's a neurologist that focuses on movement disorders, and she's not necessarily in a high-risk environment like the emergency department. But still, you know, she's in close contact with people um, on a daily basis, and her patients are also higher risk in the sense that they get infected. So it's been really difficult to kind of manage her own risk tolerance, um, but also care for her patients. It's kind of not only a difficult situation to be in kind of both medically to make that decision, but also psychologically. She's got young kids at home, and I think she's constantly weighing this battle of she wants to take care of her patients, but also she's pregnant, wants to take care of her unborn child, but also her two kids. And the problem is, as you know, we'll get into, and as you're well aware of, is that there's just not a lot of research on occupational risk for pregnant workers. And the default with pregnant women has always been like, just take the most conservative option. But in reality, that's not always the, like the only option that can be taken. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even if you consider like grocery store workers, for example, they had no idea they were going to be in a high risk job. And now all of a sudden, even women who are working in a grocery store who are also pregnant have to make those really difficult decisions between, you know, do I need to keep working this job or is it safer for me to stop working and isolate myself? I think at the end of the day, I mean, it's really, we can present as much facts and info as we want, but it's ultimately up to the mother. And like, I don't think anyone else should tell them what is appropriate. Yeah, totally. Okay, so personal experiences aside, let's talk about what we know so far about pregnancy and COVID-19, which, to be honest, as Dr. Y said, isn't a lot. Yeah, so pregnant women, which is it's good that this is the case, but they're a protected population. So it's actually really difficult to do any research involving pregnant women. As an aside, when I was in residency and I wanted to do a very simple study on pregnant women or on all patients looking at the efficacy of these trigger point injections for, for muscular pain, the IRB, which is the Institutional Review Board that kind of looks over the, the study and the ethics and all that stuff, they would not let me do it on pregnant women because there's been no research to prove that it's not dangerous to them. But there's a reason there's no research that proves it because IRBs constantly block it. But anyway, pregnant women, for what it's worth, are just very difficult to do research on. And this protects women and fetuses from any adverse effects due to research, but it also means significantly less research is done involving pregnant women. So we have fewer specific answers about women's health during pregnancy. 
Most of what we knew early on about COVID-19 was from other closely related coronaviruses like SARS and MERS. SARS-CoV-1, as it's now known, was the original SARS, which affected primarily Southeast Asia. MERS-CoV, which caused Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, affected primarily patients in the Middle East. All three of these viruses can cause severe respiratory syndromes, but also pregnancy complications. While the case fatality rates, meaning deaths, are pretty variable between each of these different viruses, each virus has been shown to cause complications during pregnancy. One study published this year in the American Journal of Obstetrics and Gynecology showed that these viruses caused increases in preterm birth, preeclampsia, C-sections, and perinatal death in hospitalized women. The study was a systematic review, including 79 hospitalized women who were affected by COVID-19, MERS, and SARS, so it was pretty small. However, the data are certainly concerning. It's also important to note that the study only included hospitalized women, so may not be applicable to women who are not hospitalized with their illnesses. Over the last nine months or so, we have been able to collect more data on COVID-19 and pregnancy. According to the Centers for Disease Control, or CDC, pregnant women may be at increased risk for more severe symptoms from COVID-19 compared to non-pregnant, similarly aged women. Pregnant women also may be at risk of preterm birth if infected by COVID-19. This is why it is very important for pregnant women who are COVID positive to continue to see their healthcare providers regularly for closer monitoring. There was a study published in the CDC Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report, including data from women infected with SARS-CoV-2, which causes COVID-19, from January 22nd through June 7th. The results show that women who are pregnant and infected with SARS-CoV-2 are 5.4 times more likely to end up hospitalized. 1.5 times more likely to be admitted to the intensive care unit, or ICU, and 1.7 times more likely to be intubated with mechanical ventilation, meaning on life support, basically. However, fortunately, they do not appear to be more likely to die from COVID-19. Pregnant women report similar symptoms to non-pregnant women, you know, with cough, shortness of breath being the most common. However, pregnant women have reported headache, muscle ache, fever, chills, and diarrhea less than non-pregnant women. Among women with COVID-19, about a third of pregnant women were hospitalized, about 31.5% of pregnant women compared to 5.8% of non-pregnant women. Again, pregnant women were also more likely to be admitted to the ICU and receive mechanical ventilation. There were 16 COVID-19-related deaths among pregnant women and 208 deaths among non-pregnant women ages 15 to 44 years. So as we said before, pregnant women are more likely to have severe illness, but it seems less likely to die from COVID-19. That said, being severely ill while pregnant is oftentimes more miserable because pregnant women can't take a lot of the same medications as non-pregnant women because of the risk of those medications hurting the fetus. There were some problems with this study, including missing data. There were 326,335 COVID-19 cases among women aged 15 to 44 years. Data on pregnancy status were only available for 91,412 of these women. Of the 91,412 women with available data, 8,207 or about 9% were pregnant. This means there was no data on pregnancy status for over 200,000 women of childbearing age in this study. So we don't know for sure if these findings would remain the same if we had all of that data. 
That said, having data on over 8,000 pregnant women is a pretty large data set, so we can be more certain of our findings than, say, if we only had data on maybe 15 women. The great thing about very large data sets, meaning having data on thousands of people, is that we can be much more assured that the findings are correct and not just due to chance. Now, what about breastfeeding? Women who get COVID-19 and are breastfeeding can continue breastfeeding. At this time, it's not thought that virus is transmitted through breast milk. However, being in close contact with the baby and coughing or sneezing on the baby could give the baby COVID-19. So it is important for sick moms to wear a mask, make sure to wash their hands, clothes, and skin coming into contact with the baby. COVID-positive women can also pump their breast milk and have an uninfected family member feed the baby breast milk or formula through the bottle. The decision regarding whether a COVID-19-positive patient should continue breastfeeding should be made in close coordination with the mom and the baby's physician team. So, whether you are pregnant or not pregnant, the measures for protecting yourself against COVID-19 remain the same. Stay isolated as much as possible wear a mask in public, limit your in-person interaction with other people as much as possible, stay six feet away from other people, especially in public areas, always wear a mask, obviously, um, even if you are six feet away. Washing your hands frequently, don't touch your face, all the usual stuff we keep hearing. And finally, avoid activities where social distancing cannot be maintained, well, at least as much as possible. Yeah, it's definitely getting tougher to do that given how long this has been going on, but Isolation is still the most effective measure for preventing infection. Thank you, as always, for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with an episode just in time for Thanksgiving about what happens when you overeat. We love to hear from you, so let us know if there are topics you would like to hear about in the future. Please subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, consider donating on our website to keep the content coming. We're going to space out our episodes a little bit for the rest of the year, so we'll be releasing new episodes once every two weeks through December.